story is told of two newlyweds who were sitting down to uh, supper in their new apartment. And the wife was getting ready to prepare a, a meal. And she had um, gotten out the ham and was getting ready to put it in a pan. And she took out a big knife and she cut off one end and turned it around and cut off the other end. And her husband was standing there watching her and kind of marveled at what she was doing. And he says to her, why did you cut off the ends before you put it in in the pan to cook it? And she said, you know, I don't know. It's just what my mother always did. So I thought that's what you do. And so I just cut it off. And he said, well, that's nice, but that kind of bothers me. That doesn't seem like a very good answer. And so he... He rang up the mother-in-law and he said, I have a a question to ask you. Why do you cut the ends off of your ham before you cook it? She said, oh, well, I don't know, really. Um, Maybe it gives it more flavor. It's just what my mother always did. So it's what I've always done. And, And so that really was bothering him now. And so he rang up his wife's grandmother. And he says to her, can you answer me a question? Why do you cut the ends off of the ham before you cook it? And she said, oh, that's easy. So it'll fit in my pan. <laughs> Sometimes we do things without thinking about it, don't we? Sometimes we do them for so long, we just assume this is the way we've always done it. And sometimes we don't even question why we do things. Or maybe we don't do things because we've never done it that way before. And so a lot of our lives are just kind of fixed about routine. I think in the text, Jesus gives us or Luke, rather, first of all, gives us a story of Jesus sending out 70 disciples. And I think in it, he gives us some marks of discipleship. It's not just the what we do, but the why we do it this way. But there are some distinct marks of a follower of Jesus. And these methods, I think, are timeless, even though they are particular to this one mission that they take. The first one deals with their methods. You know, I saw this film not long ago. And this film was uh, about this uh, family, this man and his daughter and his son, and they loved to go mountain climbing. And they climbed these mountains in the Himalayas. And what I was amazed at was when they would go and and climb these mountains, all the gear that they prepared, and they they packed along with them. And so they would do all this, you know, getting all this stuff ready, and then they even set up a base camp at the bottom of the the mountain, and and there would be like a weather channel, and and there would be somebody there who would would relay information through communications. And so all all the planning that took place to get up the mountain was almost as much as the journey itself. The message of the film, I think, was if you're going to make a trip, you know, Prepare well before you go. And, and I don't know if your journeys are like that, but um, around our house, we have one preparer. is my wife. Every, nobody else prepares. We think that every journey is just like, you know, things happen. You know, you want something to eat or you need to, It's already there. We don't know that somebody actually prepared it. We just think that that's always been the way it has. But if you're going to go on a journey, prepare, right? Make sure that you have what you need. Only that's not what Jesus does with his friends, is it? He sends them out on a journey and he tells them not to prepare. Don't take anything that you need. Don't take a change of clothes. Don't take a money bag full of money. Don't take just go just the way you are. Take a friend and hit the road. I think in some ways it speaks about expediency, doesn't it? 
when you're in a hurry, you, you always forget stuff. And I'm always in a hurry, so I always forget everything. It's usually because I didn't prepare well enough to begin with. But here you have these, these people who are, who are sent out on a mission. I think part of the mark of a disciple, part of the mark of a follower of Jesus, is that they are busy about the mission. They realize the urgency of the mission. That it's about getting busy and doing this right now. But I think there's also something about the provisions. You see, if you wouldn't take things with you on a journey, if you were in a hurry to go, but you also wouldn't take them if everything's already set up for you. I had some friends who used to have a camp near Rocky Fork in, uh, in southern Ohio. I don't know if you've, any of you have been there. But uh, there's this little lake, and we would go down there and go water skiing and tubing. And it was just a, it was a grand time. They went there so often that they had this um, camp that they had bought and you know, had a camper on it. and every, When you go down there, they were all ready for us. You just kind of show up and, and, and camp, and there was, it was a great time. We knew that everything would be there when we got there. I think part of the mission of a disciple and part of the mark of a disciple is the belief that God actually goes ahead of us. That everything that we need will be there when we get there. And in this case, these 70 disciples go out on a mission. It's on an evangelistic mission. It's a mission to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom of God. To cast out um, demons, to cure people of diseases. To do all these miracles in the name of the Lord. And I think if people were to think about this for ourselves, there might be a lot of concern. You know, uh, if we were to be busy about mission, if we got involved in the Lord's mission in Hudson, in northeast Ohio, there might be a little bit of of concern. But but wait, wait, um, we have a problem here. You see, I don't think we're we're well trained enough. We need need another alpha course. We need another something. We, We have to get ready. We're not prepared for this. Maybe we need more money. You know, if only, if only the treasury was... We'd be more serious about mission. If only we had a little bit more money. Or maybe it's people. You know, if only we had some more people. If we get some people who were involved in this, you know, it's, it's, it's not enough. You know, there's not enough of us to do it. In all of these things, there are excuses. We don't have enough of something to do it. I think Jesus says one of the marks of a disciple is that they believe that God has already given them everything they need to accomplish the mission that He's placed before them. Go. Do this. Don't take a bag. Don't take uh, money. Don't take a change of clothes. You just go. And maybe a word to us is that today we just need to go. That we don't lack anything. I I knew a young woman once who had just graduated college, 22, and she had um, taken some uh, course in college in business or something like that and um, she had finished and was in her career and at work and she had bought a, a home and a car and, and she, she came to me and she said, you know what, I really, I, I believe that the Lord is, um, is perhaps calling me into ministry, that working with the children or teens or something like that. I said, well, that's great. And she said, but you know, I've got all these kind of entanglements. You know, I just bought a house and a car and all these things. I don't know how I would make it. And I, I said to her, well, well, just sell it. Just sell it all and go find out what's going to happen. She wasn't married and had children. The entanglements were few. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that, she said. I don't know how I would make it. I think the only person who lost out was her. God provides everything that we need. What He asks us to do is to step out. 
And sometimes He holds the provisions until we step out. In the Old Testament lesson even this morning, you, you have this, this one, who, Naaman, who, who doesn't want to go wash in this river. There are other rivers to wash in. No. Step out. Step in faith. Believe that God is going to provide. And guess what you'll find out? As soon as you step in the water, He's there. The mark of a disciple is that our methods are not like everyone else's methods. We do things differently. We follow Jesus. We, we act in faith, not in sight. And we have a distinctive message that's different than everyone else's as well, don't we? Jesus says when you go into a, a community, you walk, go into a home, say peace be to this home. In the ancient world, um, there, were, there were not inns and hotels. You couldn't just go, uh, you know, show up in a town and say, um, you know, is there a, a holiday inn here for me to stay at? It, it was strange, but here's what you would do. You would go to the town square, you would meet somebody, and you would tell them you were traveling. And they would say, come to my home. They would invite you to their home and put you in their house. You would stay with them. And they would provide a meal for you and a place to stay. I know, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? But people did this. This is the way the world operated. Jesus says, go into the towns, knowing that they're going to be welcomed into people's homes. And when they welcome you, here's what you tell them. Peace be to this home. Now, in this world, this message is, um, is kind of common. Even today in the Middle East, you'll say to people, Shalom, in, he, in, in Israel, um, in, uh, in the Arab world, there's a word that's escaping me, the word for peace. So this is a greeting for one another. But it's more than just hello. It's more than just I'm praying for God's uh, blessing on you. It's about the wholeness of life. When you go to these towns, when you go to these homes... Pray that they would have shalom, that God's wholeness, His, His blessing, His well-put-together life would be in this house. You know, that's kind of still the same message, isn't it? That's the same gospel of Jesus Christ, that He comes to make homes well, comes to make people's lives full of meaning. But there's also a bit of joy in this. Did you notice they were able to cast out demons? They were able to, to heal people with their diseases. And they come back to Jesus and they say, It's amazing. You're not going to believe what happened. As if he was caught off guard by this. You're, you're not going to believe what happened. We were healing people. There were demons being cast out of people. Those with diseases were suddenly were cured of their diseases. And Jesus said, It was like I saw Satan falling from the heavens. I think what that means in an ancient world is, I see signs in this world that you are destroying the foothold of Satan in the world. The church, the followers of Jesus, the disciples, are making such an impact in the world that they're actually damaging the, the, the power of evil in the world. They're making a, a, a significant difference. But don't be thrilled about that. Be thrilled instead that your names are written in heaven. My son Zach and I um, went to Alaska this week. It was um, quite an amazing adventure, all the way up to Nome, Alaska. So um, it, was, uh, it was something else. You know, 24 hours of daylight right now, so at 3 o'clock in the morning it looked like it does outside right now. And that was kind of difficult because the people we stayed with didn't have curtains. And I wasn't really used to that, and so I've been, uh, you know, up a lot. But we did something else. We went salmon fishing. In the Nome River, salmon were coming upstream right across the, the Bering Sea, right into the river. And you could see them literally jumping out of the water as they're heading upstream. 
You know the story of salmon, right? They're, they're really a deep sea fish. They, they're out in the, in the ocean, but every um, you know, two years or whatever it is, they, they swim upstream to spawn, and, and then the poor salmon, they, they kind of die there in the, in the water, and, but the, the, the salmon eggs hatch, and they swim downstream into the ocean and start the cycle all over again. I thought about, though, as I was standing out there fishing, trying to catch some salmon. And by the way, caught some pretty good salmon. Um, in fact, I caught one that was, it had to be like eight feet long. But just as I was about to pull it out of the water, it got away. <laughs> yeah, you've heard this one before, right? Uh, okay, well, but I, we did. We caught a bunch of these salmon, and we were pulling them in. And, and I was thinking, as I, as I was watching them kind of go upstream and trying to catch them as these schools would go by, I was thinking how much that's really what the life of a Christian is like. In a lot of ways, we're swimming upstream, aren't we? In a lot of ways, we're not doing the same thing that everyone else in the world is doing. There are different marks to our lives, and because of that, it's kind of like swimming upstream. While we were there, we also saw a bear running along the side of the road about 100 yards off the road. A big, giant grizzly bear out in the wild. It was kind of cool. You know, the grizzly bears, they'll get right in the middle of the stream. And they'll watch these salmon as they're swimming upstream. And they just grab them right out of the water and eat them. And I thought, that's a lot like us too, isn't it? We're trying to swim upstream and there are predators out there just ready to destroy us. And then there are these pesky humans who stand on the side of the road, uh, side of the road, side of the river, and they cast in these lures. You know, it looks a little shiny lure with a little pink center in it. I imagine it looks like a little fish to the, to the salmon. You don't even have to bait the hooks. You just throw out these lures, they'll grab right hold of it. This little lure that promises to meet all of its appetites and make it happy and, and, and make it so satisfied really isn't what it promises to be at all, is it? And we too have shiny objects that promise us all kinds of happiness and satisfaction but they really aren't what they promised to be. The only salmon that seem to complete their mission and complete their purpose in life are those who somehow seem to avoid the predators in the middle of the streams, the pesky humans along the side of the riverbanks, those who kind of keep focused, who remember that being a salmon is about going upstream and laying eggs. Those are the ones that make it. I wonder if that's true about Christians as well. Those who avoid the predators, who avoid the lures, the false promises, and keep their mind and their focus on the mission of Christ in this world so they'll find real joy in the next. Amen.